Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. Hi, everyone. <laughs> we did it. We came here. We are doing a fun little experiment today where Yahtzee and I try to design a side quest or multiple side quests. Yes, you proposed this the other night mm-hmm. over our my work chat. And uh, you suggested we should think of some games that don't have side quests so we can think of a side quest to add to them. And that was the first stumbling block <laughs> when I started thinking about it. Because... Uh-huh. A, what games don't have side quests these days, and B, how does one define a side quest? I mean, what constitutes a side quest? Think about it. I was thinking about Portal, the original Portal, which is a very linear game. Ooh, yeah, yeah. But That's a good one. I like that. But you get an achievement in that game if you break all the security cameras. Is that a side quest? He, here's what I'm going to say. The the thing that I am defining as a side quest is something that is optional as far as completion of the game, but does offer a boon, an in-game boon. Okay. That is so what I'm defining. Achievements don't count. Achievements do not count, but Portal is a great option for a game with no side quests. See, this is where side quests walk a funny line, because uh, <laughs> to be a good side quest, it has to, like integrate well with the rest of the game right of course but how does one do something that integrates well with the game that is completely optional boom 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 well let me tell you why i thought about this is i've been uh, i i dusted off the old 3ds and i've been playing a lot of uh, link between worlds the legend of zelda a link between worlds oh yes i think i started that one uh, it's it's lovely, it. by the way. The, I, I completed it. A very lovely game. I'm really happy I decided to finish it. Uh, actually, shockingly, maybe this is for a different episode, but uh, a lot of seeds planted as far as Breath of the Wild is concerned. Hmm. Because that was where they started reintroducing the idea of being able to do the dungeons in any order, right? And having access to any item... Uh, but they're like uh, at any item at any time, but also things like collecting monster parts for cooking and stuff. Mm. Very interesting. But it's a separate episode. So in any case, they have a side quest that was finding all of these hidden uh, like uh, octopus creatures all around the world. And you could hear them squeak and you'd have to find them all. And for every 10 octopus creatures that you uh, that you gave back to the octopus mama she could then upgrade one of your weapons. Right. And so... Yeah, so that sounds, sounds pretty standard for Zelda side quests. Exactly. And so, you know, you, you don't need to upgrade any of your weapons, but it is nice to have them upgraded. But after I had found like 70 out of 100 of them, uh, basically I had upgraded all the items that I used regularly. I didn't really feel a need to go and like finding them, finding the rest of them was tedious. 
Mm. And so like finding that balance between a side quest that is completely optional, but also worth it. That's the fun bit here. So you need more than just like a contextual reason to do it. Like the octopus mummy would be very happy to have all her babies back. And you would make her very happy and feel good that you made them happy. F that. I don't care about you, octopus mummy. I got a kingdom to save. Well, that's more relevant than it seems because a lot of uh, the motive for playing side quests is to get more story stuff. Ooh. A lot of people, if you're doing it for extra lore... Did I learn a bit more about the world you've taken an interest in? Mm-hmm. Then uh, would that be enough? I guess. Like collecting hidden documents in, uh, pick a game, millions of games <laughs> well, that have hidden documents that build the world. And on my, on my list of games without side quests, I do have Firewatch on there. And so, Which does have hidden documents to find that unlocks the lore exactly. to explain the plot. <laughs> exactly. Shall I, shall I tell you my list of games with no side quests? Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, assume we're, I assume we're not going too retro here, because obviously if you go retro enough, then you can find tons of games with no side quests. Sure, well, you know, uh, go and ahead. Super Mario Brothers 1, there's no side quests in that. There is a side quest in Super Mario Brothers 1. Well, let's get into that. But my list is officially two names long. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of the most linear games from modern times I could think of. Mm-hmm. And what I've got is Gears of War and anything in that sort of arena to arena shooter of. Okay. And games like Limbo or Little Nightmares, Ooh. where you literally just walk to the right the whole time. <laughs> uh, I like those. I like those. Uh, that's literally all I could think of in the time since last night uh, when you threw this at me. I I had uh, I I put a retro title on mine. I put Tetris because there's no side mm. quest in Tetris, but I think designing a side quest for Tetris could be really fun. Uh and then I came across a uh, a brain moment which is what about multiplayer games? What about games like Rocket League or Among Us? Oh, quite. Rocket League doesn't have side quests because a side quest I guess, is uh, a personal choice thing. Yeah. You choose whether to do it or not. Yes. And whenever you introduce choice to a multiplayer game, it creates headache upon headache. (laughs) You're going, oh, I want to do this quest. I don't want to do this quest. Well, one of us is going to have to give here. Right. Well, but what if we were able to design some sort of side quest within a multiplayer, even a head-to-head multiplayer game like Rocket League, that means that you know you'd have to take time out of defending your goal to do it but could give you quite the boon doesn't Fortnite have side quests like it's got the i haven't played in a while but as i understand it it's got the main thrust of it being the you know the battle royale kill kill everyone till the last man standing but it's also got like stuff for individual players to like work towards along the course of many plays I have honestly not played that much Fortnite, so I don't know the answer to that. And then there are games like shooters that have like uh, side objectives for individual players to try to achieve, like get three headshots in a round or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Does that count? What sort of boon do you get? What sort of in-game boon do you get? I don't know. Let's say 
uh, I can't think of any specific games, but for that sort of thing, you might get experience to like level up so you can access more unlockable costumes and weapons and stuff. That's like gray area, so, something like a in a in a Call of Duty when you're in an online game, you get a kill streak, uh, and if you hold on to your kill streak, you get the like the boons, like the bomb drops and whatnot. That right. that could probably fall in line with side quests as they are not necessary to win the game. Maybe. Right. Well, let's stop shilly-shallying around definitions and go back to something that, in retrospect, I'm suddenly intrigued by. All right. Which is, how how would you do a side quest in Tetris? Well, wait, and bef- before we go there, uh, I want to I wanna bring up, because it came up from you and from in chat, I asked chat earlier whether or, or, or if they could come up with any, uh, any games that didn't have side quests, and Mario was their first one as well. Okay. But, but Yahtzee, Mario has a side quest. Maybe. Maybe. The first side quest. Are you ready? So so the definition of a side quest is not necessary to complete the game, but offers an in-game boon. Oh, you're talking about going down secret pipes to find rooms with coins in them. No, I'm talking about the act of collecting coins themselves. Because 100 coins gives you bonus lives. But that's a central mechanic because you need bonus lives to get through the game. But they're not necessary to get through the game. Well, it might be. It depends on uh, (laughs) player skill level, doesn't it? It is purely a boon. It is purely bonus bonus lives, extra lives. Therefore, coins, collecting 100 coins... Is a side quest. That's the, I'm, if I'm going to be a pedantic <laughs> fuck, that's what I'm sticking with. Well, as I say, we're shilly shallying around definitions here. Absolutely. So let's get it back into specifics. Okay. Tetris. Tetris. Tetris is a game that's very, very pure. You do one thing. Blocks come down from above and you arrange them into rows. So the first question one needs to ask when thinking about adding what we might as well call a side quest here, is what additional benefit can one get Ooh. when playing Tetris? Absolutely. Besides just things, a thing that makes the road disappear. Uh, well, you could have the benefit of some sort of, of a slowing down of time as time speeds up. Hmm. You know, some sort of like like bullet time boon. Uh, you could have the bonus of choosing which block comes next. True. Isn't there that multiplayer Tetris thing where it's like Battle Royale Tetris where you can use like <laughs> negative effects against other players? Yes, yes. So you can get like power-ups in Tetris. All right, I accept that. Okay. You could get something like that just blows up half the screen, just destroys all the blocks of a certain colour. Sure. You know, it's like like Arkanoid, where you can like get power-ups that make you paddle a bit wider, or make your ball penetrate multiple bricks. Yes. Uh, or or you could uh, you could get, you could turn one of your blocks into liquid, so it fills whatever space it falls into. That could be a neat Tetris power-up. Obviously, that's just like the Omni-block. <laughs> Not sure how much of my webcam is showing at the moment, but I just want, for the record, I am stroking my dog's ear. I am not masturbating. Uh, what I will say is, uh, according uh, to what we see on screen, it it kind of looks like the latter, but 
Okay. Heads well, I'm just I'm glad I clarified then. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. We're very glad about that. So what could you do in Tetris to give you a boon that w- you know wouldn't necessarily take away from the core loop? Uh, hmm. Something you'd have to do extra work for. Well, here's my first thought. Uh, if we're talking power-ups, then there could be power-ups assigned to a specific block on a Tetris piece. Okay. So a Tetris piece comes down, and there's one of the one of the squares in the piece has like a little symbol on it that says this is uh, a bonus. Okay. And if you can drop the block in such a way that that specific square will disappear in a line removal. Then you get the power up in the block. Oh. Otherwise, the block, the power up disappears when it lands. Sure. So you're talking about just like one small block within a larger block. Yes. Like if if you had like the T-shaped block, mm-hmm. it would be one of the the arms. <laughs> and if you could drop that block in such a way that you would immediately create a line. Oh. And the block with the power up on it was part of that line then you would get the power-up. Then you could smash a separate button to activate the power-up at your leisure. Okay. Or it could activate straight away if we want to avoid compli- overcomplicating the controls. You know, that's. I feel like that's later down the line. Really, we're just trying to come up with the abstract what you need to do. Okay, I like that. So, But th- that's okay. a very immediate one. Is some, you, you see the block shape, you see the glowy bits on the block, and you need to find out if you can immediately plug that in somewhere so that's like the additional mechanic flavor of side quests that i would put your mario coin collecting into okay but when people think of side quests they think of uh stuff like in the latest serious sam where you come across something that says hey can i borrow you for five minutes to this entire different section of map so you can do a whole bunch of extra shooting monsters gameplay before you go back to the stuff you have to do to get to the end mm-hmm so the side quest in Tetris, by that definition, could be a thing where a little door appears and you put a block in the door and it takes you to a separate screen that says, quick, I need like two lines here in like 30 seconds or the princess gets killed by a pendulum. <laughs> Something that literally warps you away from the main game for a second. Yeah, because that's what a lot of side quests do. They just take up time that's not towards eventual like success Ooh, you know you know how you could do that is you would have a uh you would have a door block and then separately a key block and mm. you would have to line them up together ah so you know your door block would come down and then the 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 problem would be keeping that door block clear lining everything up in other spaces to make sure that whenever the key block comes you can unlock the door block mm. Ooh, that'd be fun that would just like bring out these snacky little tetris based challenges where it maintains the same controls but something weird's going on <laughs> sure like there's a maybe like there's something blocking the tetris block so we have to move it around first or, yeah. or something or like, like there's a chamber filling with water that's going to drown a puppy and you have to like create a block create a line mm-hmm. so that it allows so that it creates a gap in the chamber that allows the water to escape Ooh, <laughs> that's fun yeah that's like so basically we're designing like tetris plus here tetris yeah extra. i mean if we're going that way it's we want to integrate like some whole like 
story campaign into the main game. Like, <laughs> like uh, removing the uh, the lines in some way gets you towards the big castle with the big villain at the end. Sure. Like we're, we're um, removing defenses from a siege castle. We uh, we are living in the wall-y future, and every block is actually compacted garbage. Yes, and when we clear some of it, we find, like, the hidden rooms with the secret objectives in. Yes, and, th- and that gives us treasures, uh, and, and our goal is to clean up the world. I love it. it makes me think of puzzle quests a little bit. <laughs> There is literally no kind of gameplay you couldn't turn into a big story-based RPG. Yes. A puzzle quest demonstrates that. <laughs> you just, like, in, use whatever the primary gameplay loop is to progress a story in some way. Exactly. It, it's really it's really funny how interchangeable, like, especially turn-based combat is. Just put anything in there, any sort of interactive game, and then cut right back to the story, and almost nothing changes. <laughs> It really yeah. well oh, we've ahead. certainly killed the basic purity of tetris haven't we 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 absolutely have but i mean that's kind of what a side quest does right it's it's not mm. integral to the main game it's it's bonus material i guess i guess fact my question is what should a side quest do because uh it's by definition extraneous yes so what is its obligation? I mean, there are games where you don't really, you can't really understand the whole plot without going through all the side quests. So is are the side quests still extraneous in that case? It depends on what you're what you're motivated to do in the game, on what your particular goals are. Here's hear me out here. A okay. S- a sp- <laughs> First of all, thank you. <laughs> the purpose of a side quest is to prolong the fun a player is having if they choose to. Yes. That's it. And so if if okay. a player is not having a good time in the game, they will choose not to do the side quest. So it is just there. It's like you almost want to call it padding, but what do you call padding when it's a good thing? Uh, insulation. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you do in that. That's great. That's great. Off the top of my head, it's very, it's very nice to have some padding in a very cold environment. It is, and so it's, it's, it's only there if a player is having a good enough time to want more. Yeah, to want more of the primary gameplay loop. Right. There's a lot of games that have like a side objective that doesn't involve the primary gameplay loop. For some reason, I'm thinking of Subnautica: Below Zero because just because it's one of the most recent games I've played. Okay. And there's a whole bit in that game where you go on land and get on like a, a snow speeder or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And then you have to like ride the snow speeder through some snowy terrain while a giant worm is trying to bite you. All right. And it really just feels like an interlude in a game primarily about exploring undersea depths and building a base. Sure. I feel like the clue is in the name, Subnautica. If you're spending much time on land doing no underwater stuff, that's probably something going wrong somewhere. Correct. Correct. Um, 
I think we can very easily put something like um, Gwent into this category as far as... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the, like, half the fucking new Final Fantasy games or something like that as well. Yeah. Yes. It's like, look, we built a game within our game. In case you ever get bored of playing the first game, there's a second game in the game. Yeah, you've built a distraction from the game <laughs> in your game. And if your game needs a distraction, maybe that's worth analyzing. <laughs> right. I just saw, I don't know if someone did it on purpose, but I just saw someone mention, I'm going to write it on our lists of games with no side quests, and I see Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. Which well, I, that's bollocks, because it does have a side <gasps> quest. Does it? You, kill, you have the option of killing lizards to increase your health or oh, stamina bar. It does. Oh, you know what? I, I just saw the name, and I couldn't remember a side quest. So, okay, I deleted it from my list. <laughs> I deleted it. <laughs> All right, let's let's pick another specific example. Okay. I mean, if you if you're doing like the distraction method of side quest, you could add literally anything to a game. You could just add five minutes of Tetris to the middle of right gears gears of war. Well, okay. So that's I guess that's not what we want. What that's distractions? What if we were to not? What if we were to consciously not count collecting coins in a Mario game as a side quest? How some something as simple as a two D platformer? How could you add a side quest to that? All right. Well, let's um, pin the definition down. We'll say a side quest is something that you do off to the side and isn't part of the main gameplay loop. Collecting coins in Mario, I would argue, is a full on part of the main gameplay loop. Oh, I can only disagree that's all i can do collecting collecting coins uh it's jumping jumping is the only loop running and jumping yes and oftentimes there are coins in the way there are entire like skill runs on youtube of people trying to get through a mario game without collecting coins and it's really really hard in a lot of cases right sure but, is collecting rings and Sonic the Hedgehog a side quest? No, rings are health. Ring, you know, like you need rings. Lives are health. <laughs> Coins bring lives. The rings are the mushrooms of the Sonic games, if we are going to like as. Rings are mushrooms. Uh, I, co Coins in the Mario game, as far as I know, the, the initial... If, if I remember correctly, the initial design choice to put coins in the Mario world was to help the player, help guide the player to where they should go. So it's an integral part of the main gameplay then? Uh, only because we didn't know how to play games in 1984 or whenever it came out. Well, people still have to use that sort of thing to indicate where to go in video games. Especially in stuff like your open worldy things. Well, uh, le for the time being, as this is not a semantical bait on coins and Mara, which apparently is just a, a different conversation that we need to have. <laughs> uh, let's. All right, all right. Let's let's pick another specific example of a game that needs a side quest. Uh, well, let's go to Portal. I think your your idea of Portal is a is a that is pure game. No side quests. You you can gather no in-game boon from Portal currently. Right, right. So I think that is a perfect, clean example of a game. So what sort of gift could you get from Portal that wouldn't break the game? 
more jokes more <laughs> funny more funny dialogue Ooh. It's, it's, it is one of the things that people like about Portal the most. So let's say you have like an extra room where there's like a side puzzle mm-hmm. and uh, completing it rewards you with something knowingly pointless like uh, like a little stuffed bunny rabbit. And then the, and then the, uh, the computer GLaDOS says something incredibly sarcastic to you about saying how she hopes it was worth it. And, and that in itself is a joke. That's an extra joke. That is. And and you could you for for the rest of the game you could have the little rabbit like attached to your portal gun and you would get a slew of extra jokes throughout the game about how dumb the rabbit is. Yes. Yes. Like okay. and Gladys would say things like you read that puzzle. Mr. Hoppy must be very proud of you by this point. <laughs> I'm sure he's glad that he hitched his wagon to your star. <laughs> uh, I I think uh, I think I love it. What Sam Moss in the chat mentioned Stanley Parable. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. You explore different paths in Stanley Parable, and your reward is more jokes. <laughs> um uh, my my counter idea uh, one i think your idea is fantastic and absolutely gives you something in the game um uh, thinking along those similar lines much like in portal 2 how you had potato gladys with you what if you found another little ai character okay and then instead so, like, and what would they do well well like i said very similarly along your lines they would just be an extra character that would comment right. on the things you are doing throughout the game giving you more enjoyment so more jokes more jokes is what it comes down to side quests for more jokes for more jokes the because i i can't on it like portal is such a pure game the way well, it quite. is in fact that's one of my biggest one of literally like the only bad things you can say about Portal 2 is they had too many things. They had <laughs> That's very much what I said in my review. Right. It's it you we get more stuff and a little bit more chaff and on the whole it's uh, uh Portal 1 was certainly a purer game. Yeah. Portal 2 might be better in general, but you have to deal with more bullshit on top of <laughs> the stuff we liked. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not like uh, like I, I wrote down an idea here for a game that already has side quests, but I wrote down just kind of like a, a theoretical side quest that I was hoping I could add to other games as a thing, which is like a, in, in like a, something like a Dark Souls. You could have mm-hmm. perhaps a mimic hunting side quest, a, a complete separate mm-hmm. area you don't have to do. Uh, and at the end, because you're hunting a mimic, you would get the option to uh, decorate any outfit you want to make it look like another outfit because that's always something I I want in Dark Souls is to wear outfits that don't have the stats that I want. Oh, you engage in fashion souls. I, I want this is a quite a popular thing. There's a name for it. I I didn't even know there was a name for it. So like that that to me it would be a great side quest to add to something like Dark Souls. Because a lot of Dark Souls games where the benefits you get from armor are so minimal, you might as well just wear whatever the hell you like. I think Dark Souls 3 has that. Mm-hmm. 
unless you're wearing like ironically the mimic head which is <laughs> hilarious and great great fun to wear but for some god knows what reason it depletes your health while you're wearing it because it, because they know it's a meme and so they they punish you for it yeah but i was, didn't want every and, and didn't want every invader to be wearing the fucking thing like what happened with the jester hat in dark souls 2 exactly uh, and so I was even thinking of something like Portal, something along those lines, but you it's first person, so you would never see your outfit. Yeah, that was the mistake they made with Portal 2 co-op, of course. They added the ability to add uh, cosmetics oh. that you could unlock through various means to the character. But it turns out people care about cosmetics in Team Fortress 2 because lots of people get to see them and people don't care so much about cosmetics in a game where only one other person at a time will ever see them (laughs) correct very very correct uh that's that's great um no i think i think you nailed it right on the head there with with portal side quests giving yes what do you think yes i guess my point was when you think about adding a side quest to a game Mm -hmm. you want to add a little bonus of something that we're already playing the game for right in case in that case we play portal because we want the funny story and the funny dialogue as much as this the thrill of victory in beating all the puzzles right and and there you would get more puzzles obviously to get to the bonus and your bonus would be more jokes which is great mm. which is uh all right. which is exactly what and and you know the 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 downside of it is you can't make it too tedious because of course that's where this all started is is my side quest started out very fun and got tedious after a while all hmm. right. What could we do? Or wait. Or did you have? Uh, did you have any more on your list? Or well, well, my minuscule list, as I said, we I have Gears of War on there, oh, right. which might be a nice place to go to next. Gears of War, or any of that particular brand of linear shooter, where you just go from one arena to the next, your health regenerates, you pick up whatever guns you need mm-hmm. in the moment. Right. And uh, right. away you go. And and they have specific levels designed to showcase the specific guns that drop there, the sniper level, etc. Yeah, yeah. Right. So off the top of my head, you could have like a side room with a side arena challenge, and at the end of which you get a particularly good weapon. Ooh, okay. Unless we want to say the game already does that, because there are like rare pretty good weapons that you can pick up mm-hmm. yeah that's that you just have to like hunt around a bit for yeah is that a side quest are we back to the semantic <laughs> argument? <laughs> i mean a lot of this is semantics of course like to me you know so i'm playing gears of war to you know murder aliens and chainsaw as many people as possible right right and so if you're offering me a chance to murder people in a more fun way, then it's worth it. Right. That was my other thought. Uh, something that allows you to kill things in interesting ways, which is always memorable in violent games. People still remember the cerebral boar from Turok 2, which was apparently some legendary thing that it would like just drill into an enemy's head and all this blood would fly out. 
or using the chainsaw in many games. It's just fun to kill things with a chainsaw. In Gears of War. That's in the Mortal Kombat games they like they uh lock the really interesting gory kills behind specific inputs. Oh or, yeah, yeah. Or you can like unlock them. Mm-hmm. These days, you can also pay a little extra money for them because that's the way things are. Is there something fun we can do to make our chainsawing happen more often? Because the first thing I think about... I feel like we're starting to veer towards skill trees here. We could have a skill tree where we could upgrade the chainsaw with, uh, with an upgrade point. (laughs) <laughs> that makes the chainsaw momentarily 12 foot long or something i don't Ooh, know is this you know what little tangent here is this where the skill tree started to become more prevalent where they didn't they didn't want to decide the gift that they gave the player so instead they say oh the player can decide it's a skill tree well, what constitutes a skill tree and what game first had them is uh, probably a semantic argument in itself. Sure. I have no idea how those started. I just know they tend to be overrepresented these days. Well, I, I think there is a there's a, a correlation between the two because, you know, in, in thinking about something like Zelda games, you get certain things that give you power-ups. Just, just a moment. Someone just commented something that's made some neurons fire. All right. I think I might have lost it. Uh, it was somewhere. I don't know where it's gone now. But it was someone commenting that, uh, what if you did a side quest that made all the enemy's guns stop working? So I'm thinking, did you know in Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, this is one of Hideo Kojima's trademark hidden game mechanics, but uh, there's like, ammo stores and food stores and like first aid stores that the enemies use okay and if you if you blow them up with plastic explosive then you can overhear enemies later in the game complaining about how they haven't been fed or that they're running out of ammo and those enemies have like limitations so what if there was a little side like path you could go on in gears of war to like bomb some kind of ammo uh storage unit yes or send some kind of EMP blast that disabled all the enemy weapons. And then uh, the next area of the game, which otherwise you'd just do normally by shooting everything, you would instead just run through chainsawing lots of very confused enemies who can't fight back. Yes! I love it. <laughs> I love it. You'd have to go on some sort of like commando-esque mission. Maybe maybe in the cutscene you see them like hoarding all of their weapon stores but you know you're clearly supposed mm. to go forward but you find a little side path Ooh, i'm sure we could think of a game that does that I'm, right yeah there are, there are games i mean it's something like crackdown where you're free or breath of the wild even where you're free to go to the, like the final boss when you like but you can do side objectives to weaken them before you get there yeah so, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, bro. That's a thing that I think Gears of War would benefit from. I, I love it because that's like that's the first thing you think of when you think of Gears of War is chainsawing people in half. Yeah, chainsawing people, gore, power fantasy, getting one over those chumps, yeah. those big chunky chumps <laughs> who want to kill you and your kind. 
Yes. Uh, no, I think that, right. that, that would be a perfect side quest for Gears of War. It's already, past, it's, already, it's already past 11. We need to do Super Chats at some point. Oh, crap. Uh, Let's, shall we do another game, uh, then I go into Super Chats? Sure. Well, I had I had a, a two multiplayer games on my list. One is Rocket League and one is Among Us. Uh, think, right. thinking just thinking about uh, the the idea of a side quest within a space that absolutely doesn't have side quests because they're multiplayer games. Or we could even go back to Team Fortress too. Uh, See, Among Us that's that's the interesting one because that's where everyone's participating in a story, right? But much like Friday the Thirteenth, the game actually, which mm-hmm. we talked about before, that's where we're not so much like pitting skill against skill. We're all just participating in a story. Yes. With thy one player being the villain. Well, and so, I, I will say I the the first thing on my list was Friday the Thirteenth, but then I thought, oh, that's a little older. Among Us is a, a more current version of that, but we can do Friday the Thirteenth yeah. as well. It's a it's a similar sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Among Us already has, uh, as I did call them side quests. It's got mini games with all the like activities you do towards. Uh, you know, completing your list of objectives. Right, but those those are the, those are you know necessary, if you will. All all your mini. Oh, are they now? Like the coins in Mario aren't. If everyone finishes all of their tasks, then they win. Even even if they don't. All right, all right, check out these all right. Games. Yeah, that's the tasks are the non-enemy side teams' path to victory. So yeah, yeah. So the boon would have to be it would have to be for the non um imposters or 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 a non imposter boon could be some sort of partial manifest mm, or additional objective but if the good players saw the evil player embarking on the additional objective that would be a big giveaway I I would think What if there was a side quest where like you can only access through the vents so the alien monster goes into the vents and does the side quest and while they're gone there's, there's like three different rounds of enemies of like players getting knocked out because everyone gets really paranoid Ooh. and the alien isn't actually doing anything that whole time That'd be funny <laughs> I really like that like you could get a you could get a weapon that that like kills people faster or like kills them from further away so you don't have to be right up next to them but you have to spend a lot of time in the vents yeah yes okay i like that that's fun for their um, side i i was thinking some sort of like what if there was a quest that you could do for the non imposters that would give you like the the cyan uh, player completed this work, so you would know for sure that one player wasn't the imposter. Oh, sorry, you got it. Mm. What if there was a side quest, and the players have to nominate which player goes on the side quest? So if there's someone they're pretty sure isn't the imposter, uh-huh. they could go off and do it, and whatever the benefit of the side quest is, uh, I don't know, maybe it. Uh, uh makes all the activities slightly easier yeah so the, so the good side uh can get their objectives done faster but it's a difficult challenge and if they don't succeed the challenge then uh, they gain some disadvantage but of course if they mistakenly sent the alien player to do the side quest they might deliberately <sighs> fail the challenge but how would you know are they malicious or are they just crap at the game we don't know 
It's a. It adds a new, <laughs> sudden new dimension of suspicion. I love it. So it would it would include the same sort of you know group think that is the core of Among Us, where the group needs to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yahtzee, your brilliance astounds always. Uh, I try. As you try. Or, well, I know, and I'm just thinking now, like, if I'm the imposter, I still want to win the game to prove to them that I'm not the imposter, even though it's now easier for them to do their tasks so I can still kill them all. Bum, yes. Bum, bum. I'm, I'm an ideas guy. That's a great Ex- idea. Execution tends to be a bit more haphazard, but... You want ideas? I got tons of that shit. Well, uh, the uh, cr- coming up with an idea is always the most fun part because there's no work involved with it. You just think of stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, implementing I'm... that idea is usually when things stop. Yeah, I'm great at the thing that takes no work. <laughs> it takes no effort on my part. No, I think that's great, and I think like in in general, just to kind of wrap up so we can get over to super chats. Is like, you know, side quests. There there have been some games that I have dived, dove deep into all the side quests just to hang out more in a game. And some side quests that are just cross that line between tedious. And I, but I still enjoy that they're there in general. All right, then. So. All right, time for input from viewers like you. That's right. Now is the time to get those super chats in because I'm going to be reading them out. Reading out the super chats. Just refreshing the page. Refreshing the page. Studio pane. Okay. Physicsfox.org gives £2.22, British pounds, Mm. to say, help Ruff, the dogs still won't Ruff stop barking, Ruff. And I think this fellow... Gave a similar super chat last time when it was me and Nick complaining that his dogs won't stop barking and going rough, rough, rough. So so I offered some advice, which was just to, like, pick him up and demasculate him if you think he's about to bark at something. Yes. So he'll be too ashamed. But you're a dog owner, Jack. What's your advice? advice the well i will share the advice that i got from the person who i went to dog training with so it's not my advice but the advice of an actual dog trainer uh one is the first thing you have to do is teach your dog what no means dogs have no concept of the word no (laughs) uh and so what we found works with cookie is a prong collar and so you know you find you find the, the right tug yeah yeah, those things look cruel. Just to look, just to look at the conceptually, you know. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a forum thread once where someone like they were talking about dog training, and someone posted a picture of prong collar, and it was immediately five people going, "Oh my god, what kind of monster would use that on their dog?" Right, and it's not a big right. deal, and it it's a teaching tool because it's going to save your dog from a possibly very dangerous situation later on. If you tell your dog to come Ooh. as they are going out into a busy street, you want them to listen. Right. Yes. And so I just want to, I want to try that on Toffee mm. cause I've been trying to use um, a gentle leader. Uh-huh. You know, those mm-hmm. it's, it's like a thing that uh, hangs off their nose. So you guide them by directing their oh, nose. Oh no, I've never heard of that. Well, it's good for like uh, 
uh, training certain dogs. Sure, sure. Because you know it persuades. Because dogs don't like having their heads pulled to the side. <laughs> so if they like pulling a head, then it gets them to stop doing that. Mm. But uh, as the trainer put it to us, if you can direct a dog's nose, you're basically directing the entire dog. So if you've got a dog okay. who's got a problem with being distracted by things on walks, locking onto other dogs, mm. and then giving them the stink eye, yeah, you can just make them look the other way just go leave it make not the other way and that sort of <laughs> sure enforces it right well and so so yeah once once we were able to teach cookie kind of what no meant then uh, according to my trainer and by the way i can feel the comments coming there's obviously a lot of different ways to train a dog i'm not mm. saying mine is the best uh, but according to my trainer what's been working with us is we set up cookie uh to fail something then we correct mm. her, and then Cookie learns how to not fail. And so, you know, when you tell her to come, at first she's not going to know what that means. So, you, you know, say come, gently lead her to you, and, and you go on and so forth. So theoretically with barking, you need to find the thing that triggers your dog to bark and then correct them to not bark. So then when that trigger to bark comes up, they know that they shouldn't do that, and they don't. That's the theory. Okay. All right, then. Yeah. Well, this that's enough dog chat for one podcast. Wesley Clark gives one ninety nine US dollars to say favorite Skyrim mod of mine removes the main quest. <laughs> I, yes, I've heard of those sorts of mods. Uh, Chris Livingston, the writer, mm-hmm. used to have a column on PC Gamer's website, I think, called Living in Oblivion, where he experimentally tried to play through Oblivion as an NPC. Just sort of getting by, just, you know, mining, hunting. Yeah. And selling stuff in shops so you could buy your own house and just live there. <laughs> and he had to use a mod. Because in Oblivion, if you recall, the start of Oblivion, you're in a, like a dungeon. And then you get embroiled in the main plot mm. when the Emperor comes to visit you. So that um, the mod he used mods the game so you don't start in the dungeon. You start, like, on a dock somewhere. Uh-huh. And it, you can start the main quest at any point by committing a crime and getting thrown in the dungeon um, but if you don't you're just free to go your own way oh okay i like that would, would you ever do that just play skyrim with no main quest i i feel like with as far as skyrim is concerned once you're at once you're out of the opening bit the main quest is so easy to ignore I, you don't even need a mod <laughs> just mm. i i I I don't uh, actually for all I've played Skyrim I don't know if I've ever actually beaten it I have hundreds of hours into Skyrim I don't know if I've actually ever beaten Skyrim because there's so much other shit to do Yeah that's the that's the model isn't it yeah. <laughs> pick a pick a direction and walk and you find content Boom Boom baby so yeah you don't need a mod just do whatever you want all the time Skyrim Org Spasm gives 10 British pounds to say the best side quests I've ever played were the Hildebrand ones from Final Fantasy XIV, the award-winning MMORPG whose free trial includes the base game and the first expansion with no limits on playtime. Thank you for that message from the Square Enix marketing department, Org Spasm. I'm, I'm guessing he works for them or something. Either that or it was a very funny joke. We'll see. Have you ever played Final Fantasy XIV? No! Neither have I. Yay! Moving on. 
Thanks for your money, you <laughs> spasm. Eight Frostmorn gives five US dollars to say not to Dark Souls up the discussion, but have either of you played Hellpoint, the mix of Dark Souls and Event Horizon? I have. It didn't really grab me. And I saw enough gameplay to know that it wasn't going to grab me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, did, I think that's one of those games where they just sort of front load too much shit at you. Like, clearly this is a setting there's a lot of, like, uh, backstory behind it. Mm. But I didn't have a clue what the fuck was going on for most of it. Mm. Yeah. Didn't, didn't necessarily interest me. BS Marsh gives two US dollars to say the portal reward would be cake. Thanks for the meme, BS Marsh. We love our memes. But would it? But would it be cake? Well, I guess not, because then it would be like the main uh, reward. Right. The, the cake would be the main reward for the main plot, the, the payoff. The The fact that the cake was a lie is part of the storytelling of Portal. So if you ever got In fact, cake, you, you, you could argue the, the reward of Portal's main plot was the cake, because it's the last thing you see <laughs> in the ending. You see a cake. The, the re- That's, that was that the ending was the reward for beating the game and there was a cake in it what more do you want <laughs> we just want to see shell eating the cake <laughs> yeah by the handful ah. just all running down her face going, <laughs> oh, so good <laughs> sir bob 2056 gives 10 us dollars to say yahtzee you ever going to wear a normal shirt during one of these shows are you, what are you talking about? Are you not wearing I'm a normal wear- shirt? It's it's a normal black button-down shirt with a collar. Yeah. Are you saying I should wear T-shirts like the rest of you plebs? Yeah, Yahtzee often wears a normal shirt. I basically only wear button-down black shirts. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Come on, get with it. Is my webcam too dark and you thought I was wearing my dressing gown again? Ooh, that could be it. You're you Because I'm not because I'm not wearing my dressing gown. It's getting quite warm in California. Absolutely. Also, I usually wear a normal shirt under my dressing gown. So you say. Okay, fine. I'm completely nude. Yeah. Every single time. Uh, uh uh, CK in Terrabang gives five US dollars to say, "Have a great day. Thanks for everything, Green Heart." And a green it's a heart, heart but it, to you. It's it's heart, but it's green. There you go. Morning Thinker gives 125 PHP, which I seem to remember is Filipino pesos. All right. To say, Yahtzee, your sci-fi comedies have made me crave more of that genre. Any recommendations? I'm fond of Red Dwarf, Archer 1999, and Duck Dodgers 2005. Mm. Well, it's true. I feel that there's not that much good sci-fi comedy. That's why I wanted to write a sci-fi comedy book. Mm. I went looking for sci-fi comedy books for research, and you're basically limited to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Red Dwarf novels, and uh, Harry Harrison's books, who wrote Bill the Galactic Hero, The Stainless Steel Rat, and a lot of obscure stuff, of course. But uh, in terms of like the top ten sci-fi comedies ever, that's all you'll—that's all you usually see. Yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of comic fantasy if you want that, but specifically sci-fi comedy, a bit thinner on the ground. 
I think there's a bit more of it in that comes out of Britain. Red Dwarf, uh, Hitchhikers. Mm. There's a couple of other ones. There was a series that Nick Frost was in, whose name I forget. I think it was called Hyperdrive. Oh, okay. That was that was like a like a sci-fi sitcom. Hmm. I think it comes out of Britain more because Britain tends to be more cynical, <laughs> and sci-fi at its heart is like aspirational. It's like the it's either aspirational, wonderful future, or dystopian cyberpunk, uh, cautionary future. Mm-hmm. And I think Britain is much better at gelling uh, irony with that sort of thing. Ooh, okay, like it's like black comedy or like ironic, aspirational comedy. The I'm, the, I'm rambling. Well, now. well, no, something like a utopian future would be a great backdrop for very dark comedy. That that would juxtapose very nicely do you watch that have you watched that star trek lower decks thing that's the like cartoon? the animated yeah the animated cartoon that's supposed not. to be i have not seen it either yeah i i i and honestly i haven't even heard anything about it and so but it might be funny i don't know i i see in the chat someone is mentioning the the babaverse books as sci-fi I've, comedy i don't i've read the first one of those we are legion we are bob yes have you read that one? I've read all of the Babaverse books. I, I, I think they're they're good books. I enjoyed the story overall. I don't know if I would consider them comedy. You know what the impression I got reading them is that these are the kind of books you'd write if as sort of a personal empowerment fantasy for a massive nerd who never leaves the house. Yes, I think that that is very accurate. I I enjoy the entire series. I think they go into some very fun, weird spaces as far as like the concept of a human consciousness that is now uh the the idea is a, a human consciousness is now connected uh purely to software um and the idea of this like undying bob who creates more bobs to expand into the universe to help the human race uh I enjoyed the stories overall, but I, I will admit the first book uh, definitely uh, maybe hits too hard on the reference button instead of joke. They reference instead of joke. Oh, uh, I'm with you there, but I the, enjoyed uh, the series. The ready, the ready Player One problem. A little bit, just a little bit, but I, I enjoyed the whole series. Don't know if I would call them comedy books, though. Nah, I don't remember laughing at it much. Yeah. And it's certainly a little bit absurd. It <laughs> I mean, I sort of laughed at them just imagining the enormous dork writing them. <laughs> Going, now I'll be respected. <laughs> They'll respect me when I'm a nanotech hive mind. I mean, there there's definitely a, an I'm right all the time uh, and no one else's kind of vibe to it. I guess you could interpret my, the character from my Galaxy for Food books, Malcolm Sturb, who created the cybernetic hive mind, the Mal mind, mm. as me sort of taking the piss out of that sort of thing. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But it's Just a massive, massive tech nerd indulging their personal fantasies to make themselves really powerful. Mm-hmm. But overall, I really enjoyed uh, the the entire Babaverse, and I want to say the the audiobooks were read by um, I want to say Ray Fisher. That's not right. The audiobooks were read by someone with a very good voice. So The guy who played... No, that's not the guy who played Darth Maul, is it? Who am I thinking of? 
Ray Stevens? I don't know. I don't even know. Oh, well, who's it? Just when you said Ray Fisher, my brain went, isn't that the guy who played Darth Maul? And I'm not sure if my brain's <laughs> right. <laughs> Hold on. And I know he didn't voice Darth Maul because Peter, Peter Serafinowicz voiced Darth Maul. Yes. Ray Porter. Ray Paul. Make your mind up, chat. <laughs> oh, Ray Porter. Okay, Ray Porter is who narrated We Are Legion, We Are Bob over on Audible. <laughs> and Ray Park played a dog. Ah, there we go. Ray Pease. Ooh, don't say that too fast. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that out of context. <laughs> Jack loves his Ray Pease. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you dink. All right. Moving on. Let's move on. Moving on. Thank you. <laughs> Brian Kipper gives two US dollars to say, any plans to play Metopia? Seems great for ZP. Uh, well, I hadn't. I'm not even sure what Metopia is. Is that like an extension of the Nintendo Wii's thing? I honestly have no idea. Hang on. <laughs> quick, quick Google Google. Right. Yeah, Metopia for Nintendo Switch. A uh, role-playing video game where you play as a me, presumably. Oh, it's out now, is it? Oh. Yeah, it released on May 21st. Oh, there you go. Oh, right. maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> Bugger all else to play right now. I've finished... Um, I've finished playing... What have I finished playing? I think. What, what have you finished playing? Uh, well, I just finished playing Subnautica Below Zero and Biomutant. Oh, oh... I know, I know, like, right now the internet is all about being disappointed with Biomutant, uh, but it still looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a review copy, and I finished my review last week, uh -huh. and so uh, I was one of the first to learn that Biomutant is very disappointing. Aww. Although I didn't even know there was such hype around it. I assumed it was just some, like, farted out mid-range thing no oh, i this has been hyped for many many a year people have been looking forward to this one well i avoid hype as you know absolutely so my conclusions were just blimey this game's there's not much to this game is there yeah unfortunately that's the consensus too bad i mean li listen it's a game where you get to create your own like puppy mutant and then fight with it that's gonna there's was gonna that, be some hype was that the appeal right i don't know you're a puppy mutant mm. with a big sword, man. That's all you need. Yeah. Mm. Play fucking uh, Monster Hunter or something. Uh. Don't even like cats who swing big swords around in that. Exactly. I love playing dress up with my cat and dog in Monster Hunter Rise. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Keeping on. Keeping on. All the games gives uh, US dollars two ninety nine. The, the all is capitalized. That's why I said it like that. Mm. Do alternate ending quests count as side quests? So I guess what you mean is games where if you do all the side quests, then you get a different ending. Ooh. Often when that happens, that's treated as the true ending. Mm. In like Prince of Persia Warrior Within, for example, if you find all the health upgrades, you unlock the actual ending that is the canon ending for the game that leads on to the next game. So does that count as a side quest or are the other suboptimal endings the real side quests well we're back in iffy semantics uh, town i suppose i 
if if I'm going to stick with my semantical guns, which are the you know the best guns I got uh, in this particular fight, I'm going to say that no alternate endings do not count as side quests because an Ugh. ending is an ending. Okay. If I'm if I'm gonna make okay. a call here. Okay. And 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 it doesn't give you a boon, right? Or the boon is the well, different well, ending. Well, some might say that is a boon, if depending on how invested in the story you are, I suppose. Uh, oh, you also get the water sword, which is like the most powerful sword. Oh, well, then there you go. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll call we'll file that under inconclusive, shall we? Yeah. We'll follow that under we can't be asked to think about it anymore. I just... <laughs> a, a side ending can be a... Or a, a, a separate ending can be the result of a side quest, but is not necessarily part of a side quest. All right, fine. That'll do. That'll do. Kyle Pazinski gives five US dollars to say, should hard games with no easy mode release free demos so people can tell if they are skilled enough to play the game before buying? Well, yes. In fact, I would say generally all games should release free demos like what they used to so people can tell if they like the game before buying the game. I can get behind that. Just just saying. It's how it used to work. What would it hurt to release a few minutes of your game let people play it let people know if they'll like it, it. Would, yes it would only hurt if your game was bad Ooh. and that's why people don't do it Dang. they want to get the, they want to get that opening weekend money mm. yeah before any before word of mouth gets around uh, i'm down with that every game should have a free demo boom there you go easy peasy uh clutch 45 gives two years dollars to say yards would i read audiobooks by other authors hmm Sure. Yeah, there you go. Sure, I listen to podcasts a lot. I are you implying that I'd only listen to audiobooks read by myself? No, because that seems like a weird thing to oh, do. Oh, I think I think you have the wrong take on read. There, would you voice audiobooks? Oh, I, is what I, well, um, that's what I believe that question is. I'm getting tired and sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking if I would do audiobooks with other authors. Well, this has come up before, and I said like I wouldn't mind doing it it would certainly fit into my primary skill set of having a rich and satisfying talk reading voice that people like listening in to in your ears but i would I'd probably only do it if i was really hurting for cash mm. i mean i have the context i could do it any time probably i'd say hey steve or whoever is that audible i'd say you got any spare audiobooks need reading? I could use the extra dots. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, we've worked so well together in the past, we could probably offer you something along those lines. That would be how I would imagine it going. Maybe not. Maybe everyone's just humouring me <laughs> by letting me read my own books, or they just can't be bothered to get someone else in to do it. Yeah. Either way. That's a great answer. Either, either way. Yeah. You did it. Uh, Ponius gives... 50-something kroner, S-E-K kroner. Oh. Don't know what that is. Sick. 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 Swedish? No. 
Uh, well, whatever it is. Any thoughts on playing Wraith Afterlife? Steam released today, and it's World of Darkness like Werewolf and Vampire the Masquerade. More VR, more fun. Oh yeah, it's that VR game that's like set in that World of Darkness universe. Mm. Well, the last World of Darkness universe game didn't exactly sell me on the concept. Oh. The whole World of Darkness kind of into the shit at the moment, what with Werewolf being a load of crap and Vampire the Masquerade uh, Bloodlines 2 apparently being back in development hell. Can't stop the crap. Also, a Swedish kroner. Oh, okay. That's what a sec so I was is. Right with, I was right Swedish with kroner. Do you know you know your tabletop role playing? You know much about Wraith uh, as a campaign? No, I honestly is is it part of the Vampire the Masquerade role playing game? I th- I think it is. Yes. Oh, Wraith the something or other. The Oblivion. Uh, Wraith the Oblivion. So is that for the uh, the edgy scene kids <laughs> for whom Vampire the Masquerade is just a little bit too mainstream? <laughs> The the little I know about Vampire the Masquerade uh, tabletop role playing game, I know I've never played it. Uh, I know very little about it, but the little I do know about it, you have to be so fucking into vampires to really be into that game. You have to be into vampires to an amount that yes, like that that you would be uncomfortable bringing up to your friends to play. You have to unironic you have to unironically read Anne Rice books. <laughs> Exactly. And you know what? If vampires are your thing, this isn't me shaming you. I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying that's not my thing. Uh, so, so no, I, I don't know anything about Wraith the Oblivion. You ever read Anne Rice's erotic books? <gasps> no, but ooh. Yeah, she wrote a, a whole bunch of uh, erotic. She wrote a trilogy of erotic books retelling the story of Sleeping Beauty under a pseudonym and then i guess they didn't sell so they re-released as by Anne rice well they released it as at least it as by Anne rice writing as and then the pseudonym so i guess it didn't sell too well initially so they've f- put her fuck real it, name fuck on it put her name on it are you telling me that there is an erotic novel about a woman who is passed out it's as bad as it sounds great yes. all right that's what there is, <laughs> there's some really dodgy shit in those books we need to i read the i read them out of fascination more than anything else yahtzee don't tell me that ray p narrates it no no huh? no i maybe it was rape maybe mr ray p was involved in the uh uh design meetings <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah, that sounds terrible that sounds like a terrible it, idea but it probably tells you a lot about Anne rice as a person mm. yeah listen she if uh, from what i remember about interview with a vampire very a lot of very sexy things happening a lot of very sexy things happening mm. yeah yeah i guess that's why she wanted to write erotic books because you know the vampire novels weren't quite helping her jill and jill off quite as much as you wanted <laughs> yeah so you know if you're into that it sounds like wraith the oblivion is the game for you <laughs> well that went on a tangent yeah. no i brought it back it's fine. Uh, okay i'm gonna say this is the last super chat no more please we won't read them out any more of them out after this one all right 
Shadow Randes gives 10 US dollars to say, do you think side quests need to be tied to the in-game lore? Otherwise, it's just an arbitrary checklist stroke objective, i.e. collecting unexplained secret passages versus extra missions at properties in San Andreas. Well, we were talking about this earlier for side quests, because that's part of the difficulty, isn't it? If you if you want to tell some of the game's lore in the side quests, then it has to be lore that you don't strictly need to know to beat the game, because the side quest is by definition extraneous. So it just has to be like an extra bit of bonus lore for people who are really interested. Right. I guess it depends on if you've, it's if it's a lore heavy game or not. If there's room to like fill in a lot of the background with a lot of interesting details, I'd say you don't need the interesting backstory of a character who's just doing really cool stuff in the moment. Like a dude sweeps down and kills everyone with amazing fencing skills. We probably don't strictly need to know his backstory to enjoy the amazing sword fight. Sure. But if we found ourselves intrigued by that character, by what little we'd seen, it, it would be a nice bonus to go back and learn their backstory from something. Yes. It seems it, like it's a weird way to phrase the question needs to be tied to the game lore. Because, well, like, theoretically, uh, ha- anything well, within the game world is tied to the game lore. Well, inevitably, yes. Right. And so, unless it's unless it's that shit like the shooting gallery side quest in Resident Evil Four <laughs> or something. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, it's it's weird. Like you know, I'm thinking to the 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 thing that like literally spawned this conversation, which was like the octopus mama and the little shelled octopuses, which is like a creature that sure exists within the world of the Legend of Zelda that has nothing to do with the legend of zelda outside of this side quest right but it does establish that giant octopuses exist in this setting right which is tied to the lore. so then theoretically it's tied to the lore uh, i guess but yeah so yeah yeah weird weird question yes yeah yeah inevitably if it's in the game it's going to be tied to the lore. right i mean with that example i gave the resident evil 4 shooting gallery it kind of isn't tied into the law when you think about it, because it doesn't really make sense in context why Leon S. Kennedy would interrupt his desperate rescue mission yes. to play a little shooting game so he can collect some bottle caps. Yay! Yes, that's really weird. There's no reason anyone would do that in context. <laughs> <laughs> right. and But, but hmm. theoretically, it's still part of the lore like a shooting gallery exists <laughs> well it's integrates with the gameplay because you know the whole game's about shooting so it's a little opportunity to practice shooting sure. in a safe environment where you can get some extra prizes mm-hmm. so it's still a, a good side quest for that game but it, is it like does it take place in a fair where there would be a shooting gallery or is there a shooting gallery in a spooky mansion it's in the spooky mansion right, right. just in the just in the middle of the castle for no reason right so that's bad and weird. It needs to be tied to the lore. But it isn't bad and weird. It's cool. It's is fun. It? It's, a, it's, a, it's a fun side thing to do in that game. <laughs> I bet there was a way that they could have skinned that to tie in better with with the, the setting of the game. I think all we've learned from this conversation is do your side quests right. And how you do side quests right depends on the game, so who the fuck knows. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. So hope, hope that helps. Exactly. Boom. That's what else do you need to know? Hey, everybody, 
Thanks for coming here and, and chatting with us today. This was slightly something else where we're talking about side quests, and we made a, a fair number of very good side quests, Yahtzee. Yes, I think we had a good time. I think so as well. We'll see you next time. Once again, I've been Jack Packard. And I've been Yahtzee Croshaw, and this has been Toffee, of course. Of course, and remember that things like your YouTube memberships, Escapist Plus memberships, and all those super chats help keep shows like this alive. So keep that stuff up. We appreciate it all. And uh, bye. Bye. Follow us all on Twitter and things. Tune in to Zero Punctuation tomorrow.